0: season four of the Irish Baptist College podcast, Let's Talk. I'm your host, Davy Ellison. I serve as the Director of Training at the Irish Baptist College. Uh, and here at the college, we seek to magnify Christ, advance the gospel, and strengthen the church. Uh, and we do this primarily by training men and women for Christian service in a variety of spheres. Uh, and so in this series of podcasts, we're talking about surviving ministry. Collectively, the college staff team has almost 150 years of ministry experience. And this ministry experience is ever growing as, alongside our roles in the college, we continue to be involved in various aspects of ministry in our home churches and the association more broadly. And so, we hope that by sharing something of our experience, we might encourage and equip you to fulfill your ministry, whether that's as a pastor in missionary service among women with children and young people or whatever other way in which you're serving God and his people. uh, We hope to encourage uh, and equip you in that. Uh, And to help us with that today is our esteemed historical theology tutor and postgraduate director, Dr. David Luke, who is uh, looking fresh-faced coming back from his sabbatical. So it's good to have you with us today, David. Good to be
1: here, David. Good to be back after uh, sabbatical and uh, have an opportunity to chat with you.
0: Good, good. You enjoyed your sabbatical?
1: Yeah, yeah. It uh, was a different uh, pace of life, which I uh, enjoyed. I enjoyed the various research uh, projects and uh, other um, things I got up to. If good. you want to find out in a bit more detail, i read the college blog. That's coming up soon. Uh, more of a detailed uh, account of what I got up to.
0: Good, good. And uh, I think maybe at some future... Uh, point we might have a podcast about your research projects that you completed uh, during your sabbatical or shortly after. So okay. Um, okay. yes, keep keep uh, keep tuned, keep uh, tuned. for Stay that. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so yesterday you mentioned that you were heading into Belfast last night, yep. and uh, the debate was whether you're going to drive from home or get the glider. And we discovered that you'd never been on the glider before. Did you have your first journey on the
1: glider well i would like to report that i did but i didn't so i was supposed to catch the glider and meet up uh, with with some friends who are also catching the glider uh, but at the last minute, they decided they were going to give me a lift. So, okay. so I missed out on the gliders. That, that delight still awaits me.
0: That's a shame. I was hoping to break big news today. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Dr. David Lugan <Luka laughs> had his first go on the glider. but um, yeah. well, I, I'm, I'm afraid
1: that uh, maiden voyage <laughs> on the glider st- still awaits.
0: Well, we'll report on that
1: whenever it happens. <laughs> <laughs> when my daughter gets all the time. I keep saying, but it's just a bus. you, know, so. <laughs> you Might paint it a different color, but it's still just a bus. <laughs> Very
0: good, very good. Um, so we're we're not here to talk about uh, your modes of transport, uh, thankfully, because that would have been a short uh, podcast, yeah, very, very short. <laughs> uh, but here to talk talk about um, ministry. Um, so with we've, we've, a number of questions that I've sent you in advance, um, we're you're one of a, a unique group of people. I think there's probably not too many people who've served as both pastor vocationally. And then as an elder, so but you wear two hats a little bit. Um, today as, as we work through the questions, although I think we will focus more so on serving as a lay elder, which, um, you've done most recently alongside your work in the college. Um, but let's go back to the beginning, yeah. and and talk about what led you into ministry. So, what were the things that happened, in your life, in in your mind, in your heart, um, that kind of led you to ministry uh, in the beginning?
1: Yeah. Um... I became a Christian uh, shortly before my uh, 13th birthday uh, I think it was the day after Elvis Presley died uh, so that uh, kind of gives you uh, gives you an age and, a, and an era <laughs> and um, I suppose after that uh, I begun to think about ways of ways of serving mm-hmm. and uh, quite early on a few opportunities arose to uh, speak a little bit um, okay. you know my sort of late late teens round Sixteen, seventeen, and I began to wonder then, was God calling me uh, into ministry? Okay. Uh, so when I left school, uh, that was the plan that I would study theology and prepare uh, for ministry. Uh, that didn't happen uh, for reasons that need not detain uh, us here. <laughs> and uh, I went on, uh, I studied uh, history. Um, at the end of a history degree then, I was still kind of wondering a little bit about Uh, what happened next Mm. Uh, so I then began to work uh, in public relations and uh, I worked there for a little bit Um, discovered that it wasn't really uh, the life for me uh, as it were (laughs) Um, uh, yeah so I suppose leaving university moving into the world of work, I began to wonder uh, a little bit about how God was leading me. I was getting uh, more opportunities to to preach at that stage. I was quite involved in uh, leading the adult Bible class in my own uh, church. I'd served as the mm. president of the Christian Union in Queens. Uh, so okay. you know, various forms of Christian service had opened up for me. And uh, I suppose it was in my mind, this question was God leading me in that uh, direction. And uh, while I was working for the the public relations company, I I did have a clear sense that God was leading me in that direction, that he had uh, perhaps gifted me in that way. Um, Mm. I left that job, uh, begun to work at Queen's uh, as a research manager, Uh, So that again, for a couple of years. And during that time, uh, I think I just had a clearer sense that this was how uh, Mm. God was directing me uh, Mm. into full time uh, Christian service. Uh, uh, A little bit of, um, I suppose, romance uh, in the sense that I was uh, working. Uh, quite a bit, say preaching, leading Bible studies, and so on. A little bit of the romantic, and we thought, wouldn't it be great to do this full time? <laughs> uh, uh, but I say also maybe then a little bit of realism alongside that. Uh, yeah. That you know, I, uh, you know, uh, perhaps there was a, a gift there to be uh, mm-hmm. to be developed. So after a couple of years of doing that, uh, then. Um, I decided to train uh, the Irish Baptist College, mm. and uh, I, uh, I suppose put all my uh, kind of maybe all my crises over with at once. Uh, that I got married, and four months later I moved into the Irish Baptist College to train. So there's a <laughs> there's a lot happening uh, for a while. So yeah, I think just yeah. that sense that god had had called me to do that and called me to called me yeah. to prepare so maybe a little bit of a circuitous route you know, it actually took a number of years for that to, yeah. to work through but the the, the time I, I think i spent um kind of between leaving school and the various things i did and you know i, I look back on and think yeah those were really helpful things mm, to do actually to, to prepare you for for life and, and for ministry
0: and undoubtedly the 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 lapse in time as well tests that calling you know but it persisted through through those years and yeah
1: I think whenever I didn't go down that route you know after I left school I probably thought that was it yeah uh, and I would move on to do to do something else so uh, I think it maybe did surprise me a little bit as you say that sense of call Mm -hmm. maybe persisted or come back at various points in the in the subsequent years yeah
0: and obviously that was then in the in the full time ministry. Did something similar happen with being um, elected and serving as a lay elder in terms of just kind of feeling a leading towards that, a calling towards that? Um, maybe, maybe that was a slightly simpler process. I don't. I
1: don't yeah, know. I think it probably was a little bit of a, a little bit of a simpler simpler process, and I, I suppose I was keen at, at that stage to be. Uh, involved uh, in the life of the local church mm. uh, and to remain involved in the mm. local church yeah. and again yeah. hopefully maybe bring some mm-hmm. of the experience I'd that had uh, as a pastor uh, into helping in, in that particular particular role so I, I, I fulfilled that role for about, uh, about three years mm. and uh, Uh, The reason I stepped away from it uh, really was, uh, actually, I was helping uh, do some training for eldership with the college, and uh, one of the the books we were reading in preparation for that uh, was a book by, I think, Jeremy Wren, and he had this great statement that shepherds smell of sheep, and uh, I I suppose I'd got to a stage where I wasn't sure I was smelling of sheep (laughs) because uh, I was so caught up with you know, responsibilities at the yeah. college, responsibilities yeah. at weekend, away preaching and, yeah. and so on, that I, I felt I couldn't give myself to that as fully as I yeah. uh, I would have wanted to give myself mm. to it. Or I think maybe people in the congregation had a right to expect. Uh, so I, I, I thought, you know, maybe I should step aside from that.
0: That's really helpful. That's really helpful. Um, sense of calling obviously is key in sustaining ministry. And. Um, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Um, lots of difficulties come along yeah. the way. So what were the resources that were particularly helpful? Maybe not even just some resources, of course, and helped sustain you through difficulties. I'm sure others just kind of spurred you on to do things better or differently. Um, so were were there people, sermons, books, conferences, passages of scripture at different times that um, helped you in ministry, sustained you in ministry? What were they? and yeah. Help us glean some encouragement. The
1: the, the short answer to that might be all of the above (laughs) (laughs) and do that. Yeah, I think, um, again, I think probably a key thing for me was listening to other people in ministry.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, And I don't necessarily mean that you, you went to kind of a conference where, Uh, Somebody spoke about ministry. Yeah. Uh, But I say just listening to other people and their experiences in ministry. uh, And I think you get to realize then that, you know, we have a lot in common. Yeah, for sure. uh, Part of the the difficulty, I think, is uh, particularly in pastoral ministry, it's very easy to get isolated
0: Mm.
1: uh, and of that sense that you're facing something that nobody else has, (laughs) uh, you know, or your circumstances are, are unique or the challenges you face are unique. Yeah. So I think just listening to other pastors uh, talk about their um, experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, there's a little bit of an instinct in us all that um, I think we we want to hear all the the big name speakers, you know, the, the guy who runs the mega church and, you know, telling you about his experience of ministry. Uh, but I would have to say over the years, i found that the, the guy who's in the smaller church, you know, and just an everyday regular pastoral ministry probably has much more to teach us as pastors For sure. uh, than maybe somebody who's leading some kind of uh, multi-site mm. church. Uh, and I think just listening to other people, listening to their experiences, uh, whether that's listening to your peers and the kinds of issues yeah. and struggles that they have. Or again, uh, as i find over the years, listening to people who had... Uh, been there and done that uh, Mm -hmm. you know and and learning learning from them just getting insights into the pressures they faced how they how they handled it uh, and sometimes um thinking well if that was me i would do that differently or sometimes thinking actually that's really really (laughs) helpful that's a a key insight so i i would say i find that you know one of the most useful things uh, in terms of Mm -hmm. uh uh, you know, helping you through ministry. Uh, and again, uh, say, yeah, there, there are lots of books, um, lots of sermons you've heard, you know, lots of passages in scripture that you've read at particular times yeah. when, when God speaks to us. Uh, I think in terms of maybe of reading, um, one of the, the books uh, that I would, uh, I find very, very helpful, I think was probably uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' book, Spiritual Depression. Okay. Uh, it's not as depressing as it sounds <laughs> uh, but I, I think the thing I, I found uh, about that was just the the helpfulness that it offers in terms of analysing the human condition mm. uh, I think in terms of analysing our own hearts uh, yeah. and helping us understand a little bit better how we ourselves tick Yeah. but then also when you're uh, in a ministry and dealing with other people it's a big help I think in terms of understanding how they tick yeah. uh, also so I always... Uh, look back to that and find that uh, um a very useful resource mm. it's one of my wife's favorite christian books so uh, oh, yeah. every so often i see her picking it up and starting to read <laughs> yeah, starting uh, to read again read it again so um i probably haven't read it as much as she has but you know it definitely had <laughs> a, a you know a, a big effect on me i think in terms of thinking about uh, self ministry and mm. uh, the people you worked with
0: yeah excellent uh, and I suppose that's one of the benefits of talking to peers and people who are in the church down the road that they know you as well. So it's not yeah, to and fro, yeah. which is yeah, really yeah. I, I think
1: a bit of mutual 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 encouragement uh, in that yeah. regard. You know, that you um, you know, it's good to I think to have friendship uh, mm. in, in ministry. You know, people you can't talk to because I yeah. say there is a danger you can become very isolated, uh, isolated yeah. very quickly, uh, and I think just having others that you can. Uh, speak to who understand what you're dealing hmm. with and can tell you what they're going through. And I uh, say that kind of mutual mechanism of support I think is very, yeah. very, very useful.
0: Yeah. One other thing that I imagine was useful was your theological training, which you, you did at the, the college. Um, just wondered if you can maybe pinpoint a couple of things that it, it contributed in particular in terms of equipping you for ministry. Is there a couple of highlights that stick in your mind as you think on that training?
1: Yeah um, I, I think one of the the key things looking back now is the privilege that there is in having time hmm. you know to spend some time preparing for ministry. you know that, that's yeah. a, actually an immense privilege yeah. and uh, as, actually I've become more aware of that I think since I you know started working in college mm. uh, because I do get so, so many requests. Uh, for postgraduate study from people overseas, for whom postgraduate study really is is a bit of a dream. Yeah. But for them, you know, the idea of having some time, you know, to prepare for ministry, uh, to train in ministry when they're coming from situations where they haven't had very much preparation or, yeah. or training, I think it just uh, reinforces to me the the great privilege there is in being able to set aside a period mm. of time to to do that and to really really focus on that. Yeah. So. So three years doing that was, uh, was very, very, mm. uh, very, very uh, important, I think. I think to biblical awareness um, was something else. Mm. Uh, and by that, uh, I think uh, what uh, theological education does for you, uh, certainly through the The Baptist College, it it really introduces you to the full range of scripture. Mm. And uh, I uh, I suppose one of the things that struck me whenever I started to study for theology was just how light my knowledge of the Old Testament was. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew a lot of Old Testament stories and events and and so on. But I think just fitting that all together uh, was not something I I was particularly conscious Mm -hmm. of. Mm. Uh, And again, that kind of biblical storyline uh, you know between the the old testament and the new testament uh, again uh, really helped me i think uh fit that uh, fit that together uh, and the other uh, highlight i suppose just was in terms of developing a, a sense of theological thinking as well <laughs> um, thinking you know getting the tools um, to think about contemporary issues uh, yeah. in the light of the light of biblical teaching. Uh, mm. Again, those issues. Interestingly, you know, uh, from when I started out as a theological student thirty years ago, those issues have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think just that whole idea—you were being given a toolbox. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, really, how I think about theological education, you were being given a toolbox to help you develop uh, your analysis and how to yeah. how to approach questions which say the questions are sometimes new sometimes a bit different mm. uh, but i uh, i think you're being you've been given tools to help you think about that and analyze that mm. yeah
0: excellent i i think yeah i think i would concur with all all of that i think the time to devote to studies really really good and i think you ask people later in ministry and they kind of wish they had a little bit more attention in class <laughs> in class yeah. 20 years ago yeah. and really made the most of that um But also just introducing you to aspects, I think, of theological categories that I didn't really have coming into college. But that kind of exposed me to that and thinking that through, which helps you filter all things through through scripture in some way, which is helpful. uh,
1: Billy Graham was asked at one point, uh, had he any regrets about his ministry? And... uh, I do think it would change. He said, I would have studied more, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah. again, I think, as you say, maybe as you get a bit further on yeah. uh, in ministry, you, you do appreciate um, that opportunity definitely. you have to, to set aside some time. And as students, we're all eager to get out there and get into the work, which is good. Good. But we shouldn't undervalue the, the, the actual time mm. we have to devote to, to, to study.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely. The rest of these questions, I think I'm going to try to press you a little bit on on serving as a lay elder, um, just because that's something that we've not really talked about in in the episodes of the podcast thus far. Um, So go and think about, this is maybe the hardest question, the single best piece of advice you've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the others have gone for two or three uh, pieces of advice instead of one, but if you think about someone who is either serving as an elder or maybe considering has maybe been asked by their church to consider serving as an elder or even just has that desire in them and nothing's happened yet. um, What what piece of advice would you want to pass on to them that maybe you have heard before or you've picked up elsewhere or just as you reflect on your experience?
1: Yeah, I think it's actually a piece of uh, advice Um uh the I sometimes give to give to students uh, as well, and I think it's just the importance of keeping your walk with God fresh. Mm. And um, the problem I always think with ministry is, you know, with certain deadlines, you know, I, I can't get up on a Sunday morning and say. Actually, this week, you know, I, I, I didn't have time to prepare prepare a sermon. You know, so you are pushed by certain deadlines uh, and the visibility of what you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your your natural inclination is to work at the things that are visible, mm. that everybody will see. Uh, but you can do that uh, whilst neglecting your own relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, so the, the thing that is unseen uh, is the thing that most easily disappears off mm-hmm. our disappears off our agenda. Uh, so I often think, you know, that's something that we all need to be aware of and to and to work at uh, yeah. we set that watch over our life uh, and our freshness, mm-hmm. uh, our freshness with God. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, we kind of maintain that uh, daily vital relationship with Him uh, and uh, and not neglect that. So, so I think whatever sphere of ministry you're you're involved in whether that's, you know, in a full-time uh, vocational capacity, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, leading in your your local church, uh, whether well, that's yeah. teaching Sunday school or whatever, yeah. you know, that we... we it's foundational we kind of, Yeah, yeah, and I suppose one of the, the great words today, I'm not always quite sure what it means is, you know, people talk about the, the need for authenticity, you know, <laughs> and say, I'm not always sure what that means, but uh, I think, uh, again, at least people are expecting that this is this is real for you Yeah. this is a lived yeah. experience for you so yeah. so i think again if we're to minister to others then we do need that that lived experience mm. uh, of, of keeping a close walk with walk with god mm.
0: yeah for sure uh, and I suppose it's you can hide it for a while, but you can't hide it forever. And eventually, that does become visible if you're not caring for yourself in that yeah, way. And... well,
1: I think part of the problem with that, it is actually you can hide it for a very, very long time. Yeah. You know, you can be spiritually dry for a very, very long yeah. time, but still kind of go through the emotions. go through the motions. Uh, so I, I say I think that's uh, that, that's difficult. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah, it's the. Uh, kind of that secret departure in our souls, mm-hmm. you know, that we mm-hmm. we suddenly wake up someday and realise we're very we're very dry and our yeah. walk with God hasn't been hasn't been great. Uh, mm. and we need to, you know, begin to address that. Trust but I, that. say unfortunately for, sure. for us it can go on a long, long time.
0: Yeah. And especially in the busyness of ministry life, then yeah. you didn't realise it's going on for that length of time, but it has
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's it. You know, we can as pastors particularly we can believe in justification by ministry uh, you know that you know to, yeah. to be seen to be doing that's so a kind of our yeah. we, we justify ourselves yeah. but uh and justify ourselves in, in the eyes of the eyes of others but yeah. i say the other side of that is, i said we can kind of easily depart in our hearts from mm. from god and our close walk with him
0: yeah great um perhaps or there, perhaps there's people listening to to us today and um so that they're not serving as an elder, they're not serving vocational ministry, but um, faithful members of their church mm. and recognize that they want to, to help their elders. What What can we do um, to best help um, those serving in our local church as elders?
1: Yeah, uh, again, I think the, the the very obvious answer to that, and it maybe sounds a, a little bit kind of, of course you would say that, but uh, uh, pray for them. You know, so, you <laughs> yes. know, our, our elders do need wisdom. Hmm. Uh, they do need help. Uh, they do need the grace of God. They need the spirit of God to help yeah. them as they serve. So really take them to your hearts and pray for them. Yeah. Uh, and again, remembering the weight of the responsibility that they Mm -hmm. they carry so Mm -hmm. so again they 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 very much uh, i think need that that prayerful support yeah um i think encourage them and uh uh and i can look at that encouragement i think in kind of a kind of a couple of levels uh on on a kind of personal level uh you know we're sometimes not very good at encouraging people and yeah Thanking them and saying we appreciate what they mm. what they do and how they how they serve and you know recognize perhaps the sacrifices they're making and yeah. and doing that now, An elders not serving to hear those things but you know we, we do have the opportunity I, I think to encourage others uh, by doing that and yeah. we we all like a, a little bit of encouragement and I think on a more collective level uh, you know uh, as churches. Baptist churches we practice congregational government Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think also uh, on that kind of collective level then uh, as churches listening to our eldership Mm -hmm. um, you know again remembering uh, that they very often are taking decisions that they've spent months maybe even years thinking through issues and talking about them you know and you know but we may turn up and I've only thought about them in the last ten minutes, kind of, yeah. kind of thing. So, so again, I think encouraging your elders um, uh, collectively by listening to them mm. and weighing what they've said and recognizing, you know, they've they've spent a long time wrestling with these things, thinking these things through, uh, and seeking to lead God's people. Yeah. Now, that's not to say the elders always get it 100% right. For sure. But but I think it is that ability to listen to them and recognise that God has put them in positions of leadership. Yeah. So so let's take time to carefully weigh uh, the, the the things they say and the direction they're seeking to to take us as churches.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a word. It's usually, you know, are you going to obey the elders or follow the elders? But listening is actually, I think, that's a really helpful way of, of thinking about that. Yeah. Um, mm. Gives due respect, but it doesn't mean you just rubber stamp everything yeah, they say. And is...
1: Say elders, elders can get it wrong, and yeah. uh, I think where we get it wrong, we need to have the courage to say, actually, we've got this, we've got this wrong. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, again, I think for congregations really to to take seriously what mm. they say, uh, so it's not it's not a case of as you say, blind obedience or rubber stamping. Yeah, Uh, but it is listening carefully to them and taking seriously the role that they fulfil and respecting that Mm. uh, uh, as people as men are appointed by God and men who will give an account to God.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about the other side of that relationship then? Talk about Um, so maybe those serving as elders now, um, maybe they feel like they're beating their head off a wall. Maybe they just there's so many fires they don't know where to turn next. Um, maybe they're they're having a good time, enjoying serving, and yeah, things yeah. are going well. But um, just an encouragement for for elders um, who are currently serving, if they're they're listening to us, what would you say to them as a final piece of piece of advice?
1: Yeah, um, eldership is an important work. Uh, mm. It's a God ordained work, um, so I would say keep at it. You know, uh, keep going, yeah. and. Uh, There's going to be lots of things to discourage you in eldership, just as there are in every form Mm -hmm. uh, of ministry. Uh, So uh, again, I think just that ability to persevere uh, and to know that this is God's way of leading and guiding guiding his flock. So I think uh, just remember that. I think also elders uh, just encourage, I think, elders to work together within Mm. the eldership, within their, their own church, and again, remember the collegiality of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, as I served with elders, both as a pastor uh, and later as a as an elder, uh, as part of a team, I think it was always privileged to be part of a, a sense of collegiality. Yeah. You know, we're in this together. We're, we're working together. You know, it's not to say that we didn't have things we disagreed about. Uh, yeah. But again, just remembering that we're working together and what a privilege it is to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think within the eldership team to build that collegiality, uh, that sense of responsiveness uh, to one another, uh, respect for one another, uh, and uh, realizing, uh, again, your your fellow elders are kind of, they're the same team as you are. Yeah. uh, Who even sometimes... Because we're human, there are, there are stresses and strains. Because yeah. we're fallen humans, you yeah. know, there, there are yeah, stresses, for sure. uh, stresses stresses, and, and strains, you know. Uh, that. Uh, uh, but again, I say just think of part of that. We're, we're working together and mm. to, to work through those difficult periods, those periods of strain, those periods of difficulty in church life, Yeah, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, this is God's way of leading his people. Yeah.
0: I think that's really helpful. That's certainly been my experience whenever... A team is working together well. You can disagree well and have that conversation honestly, but then also whenever difficult things come, you can handle them because you're doing it together rather than
1: individually.
0: It's really helpful.
1: And I think that's an important part actually of teamwork is just that ability to disagree. Yeah. Uh, And I say to do so. Do so respectfully, yeah. and uh, that's actually very, very healthy. Definitely. If you if you can do that, Definitely. and you know we, we see a little bit of this, don't we, today in the kind of public discourse that's so poisonous. You know, if you disagree with me, then you must hate me, <laughs> kind, kind of thing. But you know, as elders, I say we you know we recognise we're actually all on the same team, and somebody can disagree with yeah. me and, uh, and be perfectly sincere in that. Yeah. You know, and there yeah. are things that we need to we need to work through, uh, and there may be things I. I, I need to learn from the person I, I disagree with. Mm.
0: Well, that's been uh, great, David. Thank you so much for taking the time to work through those, um, especially coming back from sabbatical and in these questions there's lying on your table. Uh-huh. And now I'm chasing you to record a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, thank you. No, and, not at all. And thank you for uh, listening to Let's Talk. Uh, The Irish Baptist College is committed to training men and women for gospel service here in Ireland and across the globe. If you're interested in preparing for ministry at a theological college that is both academically rigorous and vocationally focused, then I want to invite you to explore the opportunities available to study here at the Irish Baptist College. You can do so by visiting irishbaptistcollege.org. There you'll be able to find out more. Uh, You'll also see upcoming open events on the website and uh, the college is open for applications for september 2023 uh, and perhaps i'll see one from you until next time